0: that's the cue. We'll start flickering the lights next. We'll we'll see what happens with this thing. Um, Yeah, let's get started here. So just a a reminder, we have the Christmas tree outside. And um, I think there's probably about half of the tags still left out there to be taken. So um, simply what that is, is we just want to bless families in our church and in our in our community this Christmas time. So we have four families that we've, as a church, has have chosen to say, we're going to bless these families. And um, I want to bless them huge. So we asked the families to write up a list of things that they needed, things they wanted, things that... But help out during the Christmas and winter season, and so those are on the list on the tree. So if you can, as a family, maybe go pick a couple tags off the list off the tree. Um, you sign them out, bring the presents back. It's that simple. While you're out shopping, easy to pick up, and uh, and we're gonna we're gonna bless some families. Okay, so so just a reminder. As we're worshiping, here's what I was thinking. I was thinking how much I love. That as a church, we sing songs to God, not about God. Has anybody, has anybody picked up on that? I mean, we say it, but we purposefully sing songs to God. We, we, and I, it's not bashing any, it's just the way we do things. We recognize that we have a God that's living. We have a God that has brought his kingdom here to earth. And he's with us. And so we get to sing songs to him and worship him in his presence as we come together as a church. And, and to me, that's, that, that's significant. There's something important about that because it, it's saying that I'm connected with this God who's come to restore and reestablish a relationship that was lost because of sin. And this God is wanting this relationship, wanting this connection, and he's, he's, he's bringing the opportunity for me to connect with him. And so as we're singing, I just, it was just one of those reminders for me that, man, it's awesome that we're singing to God. And, and I, I love also personally that I sit right here in front of this loudspeaker because it allows me to scream. And I'm always wondering like, can these women up here, are they just like, Oh man, Tom, you're terrible. But I, I don't care. It's just, it's just the ability to, to sing out and to worship a God. Um, with everything that I can, and, and, and to worship to a God, not about a God. And so, so this morning, I want to start with just a couple questions. Um, I want to start with you asking the question in your head. I'm not looking for verbal, verbal answers, but if I was to ask you, what is joy? How would you define the word joy? How would you define that? Just, just consider that in your head. How, how would you define the word joy? Okay, so you've, you've probably had a couple, couple words pop into your mind or a couple thoughts. So, so then the next question I want to ask is, what brings joy? If you know what, what is joy, or you have a thought of what is joy, what brings joy to your life? What kind of, what, are there things that bring joy? Are there people that brings joy? Are there situations, circumstances that bring joy to your life? Do you guys, have you have answered that? Okay, now, here's another question. Do you know somebody who always seems to be a joyful person? There's somebody in your life that, man, that person is really joyful. Now, now, if the answer is yes, think of some attributes of that person. Do you find that that person tends to be a little bit happy? Maybe a little bit outward thinking or, or looking outward past past their own selves, maybe? Maybe that person is involved in people's lives? Yes, no, maybe? Okay, here's, here's the last question. Do you know somebody who's without joy? Who every time you see them, you're like, man, that person is suffering. Their life stinks. Because it's, it's just outwardly expressed in how they handle situations. Do you know somebody like this? This might be a person that um, complains. This might be a person that struggles with relationships. This might be a person that, the, the thought I'm having is like a, a, a bottle or something bobbing in the ocean gets shifted a lot through circumstances of life. And so the circumstances of their life really wane on how they're doing for the day. Do you know a person like this? Okay, so hold on to those thoughts, okay? Because this morning as we, as we continue in Advent, and, and you know, just a pause, because I, I felt like God was just downloading stuff during, during worship to me. We're going to talk about joy. It's, it's pretty obvious, right? And, and with Advent, if you follow the Advent candle, or the Advent process, joy is not the next one. We, we talked about hope last week, and then it's supposed to be peace, and then joy. We're mixing it up. I don't know if that's like illegal in the religious world or not, but we're doing it. And there's only a simple reason why we're doing it is that the person who's preaching next week said, Hey, I want to preach on peace, and they can only preach next week because they're out of town this week. So, well, okay, we'll we'll switch it. <laughs> so it's that simple, but but we're talking about joy. And the, the the other thought I felt like God was giving me during the worship time is if we as followers of Jesus, if we are who are people who come to church to worship God, and we claim to be disciples of Jesus? Maybe we don't claim that, just we claim to be saved. Let's start with that. We claim to have Jesus in our lives. If we are not people full of joy, if we are not people who, who are giving hope and joy and peace and showing that to the world, who's going to do it? If you, who has who is the, the God of, of this world in your life, and you make all these claims, and when I say you, I mean me as well. We make these claims of, of the greatness of who God is, and we sing about, and we don't, we don't have joy in our life, and we don't bring joy to a world that needs joy. Who else is going to do that? So I just, I just want to just start with that, okay? So now let me go into the, the manuscript. I do have a message written. I'm not sure how that's going to go today, okay? Okay. Um, but the kingdom of God is, is something we've been talking about, and we're tying that in with Advent by, by basically saying that, that there's an inbreaking of God's kingdom. God's kingdom broke into the kingdoms of this world, and it, and it happened at the coming of Jesus. When Jesus came and when he, he walked on this earth, we saw God's kingdom come to this, to this world. And, and And we talk about Advent, and just as a reminder, Advent is, is the looking forward to the, the, the anticipation of a notable, notable person, and for us that's Jesus. We you know at Christmas, we anticipate the celebration of the birth of Jesus, but there's kind of a second advent that might tie in today, and that's the coming the anticipation of Jesus' return, which, which everything we talk about with god 's kingdom, everything we, we look forward to as followers of Jesus we see it all come together at the second coming of Jesus. So we need, we need to understand that Advent is the coming and the celebration this, this time of season, but it's also us really looking forward to and keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, who's coming to completely restore all his creation. That includes us, that includes the earth, the land, all his creation. And so last week for the first candle, we have two candles here. We talked about hope. And this week, the second candle being, that has been lit is about joy. And that, that joy came when Jesus appeared. That Jesus is who brings the joy. So, this morning, here's the big idea that I, I just want us all to walk out of here with, okay? This is what I want us to walk out of. That our earthly purpose is joyful worship of God. That while we are here as followers of Jesus, we need to be joyfully worshiping God. And so the question you have to ask yourself is, is your life marked with joyful worship? I can't answer that. You have to answer that. And you have to take stock of, of, take stock of your week and say, hey, this week was my life marked with joyful worship. And I, if you're honest with yourself, you're probably going to say no for a lot of the week. But you might say, oh, I had spurts. Maybe some of you really locked in people that, you, you said, "Man, it was a it was an awesome week. It didn't matter what took place around me; I was just worshiping the Lord, and I was joyful about it." But is your life marked with joyful worship? Now, let me give you a definition of joy because we all came up with a definition in our head, and you see if this is what 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 if it matches. Here's a, here's a definition that if you Google joy, it says this: joy is a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. How many of you kind of had? Something down that line when you, when you thought of the word joy. Great, great pleasure and happiness. But let me add this. It's a bubbling and sustained sense of God's nearness, of God's affection, and God's provision for our life. So when we think about joy as followers of Jesus, we say it's because we know that God is near us. It's because I know that no matter what's taking place in my life, God is protecting me. God is providing for me. God is sustaining me. God is saving me. That, as followers of Jesus, should be what really enhances and brings us that true joy that causes us to worship him. At the the announcement of Jesus, when Jesus was, was still cooking in the oven, if you will, here's what we read. Last week we talked about Elizabeth. You guys remember Elizabeth, the cousin of Mary, the mother of Jesus? And Mary... Elizabeth gets pregnant. She basically goes into hiding for five or six months. An angel comes to Mary, announces, Mary, you're going to have this baby. It's going to be the Messiah, yada, yada, yada. Mary goes up into the hills to meet her cousin, Elizabeth. And here's what, here's what we read last week, and here's just a reminder. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. Do you see that? Was it was it Mary who caused the baby to jump for joy, or was it the the Jesus, the Messiah, that caused the baby to jump for joy? I was reading a commentary about this a couple weeks ago, and they said that I don't know anything about pregnancy. Just I'm just going to go there. Okay, we had three kids. Had that book, you know, what to expect when you're expecting. Didn't read it. <laughs> <clears throat> Looked at the pictures. <laughs> we took a Lamaz class, I got in trouble. Like the teacher scolded me multiple times because I was messing around. But those of you that have had babies, maybe you could sit, tell me if this is true or not, or those of you who know about this stuff, that a baby starts kicking in the third trimester, is this true? There's a baby kick sooner. Sooner. Just, that just threw my whole story out the window. Here's the thought of this commentary I read. The commentary said that as Mary approached, Elizabeth is starting in her sixth month of pregnancy, and potentially, this is just hypothetically, this is thought to make you feel warm about Christmas, that the baby jumping for joy in Elizabeth's stomach was her first time she felt the baby kick. Does that give you warm fuzzies? I don't know. Not really. I guess it can It can really be good in thinking that the joy that Elizabeth felt because she'd been in hiding, she kind of secluded herself for the past five months, was, was coming out because Jesus was showing up on the scene. We could just run with that, okay? Jesus brings joy. If we fast forward to just a few months to the birth of Jesus... Here's what we read in the Christmas story. It says, That night there was shepherds staying in the field nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. Is anybody picturing little Linus from the Peanuts gang saying this right now? Because this is how I remember it, little Linus. I think I mentioned that last year. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. Don't be afraid. I bring good news that will bring great joy to all people. Don't be afraid. How many times do we read what what God is saying to us, and we forget it? God's saying, don't be afraid. What, What would be a stealer of the joy in our life? Could fear be a stealer of joy in our life? Fear of what's going to happen. Oh, man, that's going to happen. And and we freak out about it, and there goes our joy. Don't be afraid. God's given us instructions that we just have to follow, simple instructions to have joy in our life, and we don't. I, I, I thought of it like this. I have a son. He's 14 years old, and he thinks he could do stuff better than I can because he's 14. And so I will come up with a chore for him. And I'll say, hey, Zach, um, I want you to go out and do this. And I will break it down to him like in five easy steps. Sometimes I have to do three easy steps because he can't remember five. But I'll say, Zach, you're going to go pick up this tool. You're going to walk out, and you're going to use it on this thing. Then you're going to clean it up. Then you're going to come back in. You're going to put the tool away, and then you're going to be done. And I make it so simple for him. And then, you know, a day or so goes by and I look and I say, Zach didn't do what I asked him to do. Or there's a tool sitting where it's not supposed to sit. And I'm scratching my head and I'm saying, Son, I, I usually say, boy, why don't you listen to me? I made it so easy for you. I gave you simple instructions. Get the tool, do the chore, clean up, put the tool away, you're done. And he'll tell me why he thought skipping one or two steps was going to make the job better. How many times do you think God goes, oh boy, or oh girl, all you have to do is just do, don't be afraid. That's all you have to do. Don't be afraid because joy has come into this world. Or all you have to do is worship me. When you worship me, your mind all the troubles of the day can just fade away. How many of you during worship right now, while we're worshiping, maybe it's just me, but I felt the junk of the week shedding off. Dave, did you feel that? Good. That's an answer to prayer, right? But just as we're worshiping God and my focus is on God, all the frustrations of the week, the dealings with of the week, the 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 whatever just didn't matter at that moment. Now, I could choose to leave that stuff sitting in the chair and say, I got joy. God, God restored my joy through my worship of him. Or I could pick it back up and carry it out. Hey, Zach, just got finished talking about you. You're in the clear, bud. Um, but do you guys get what I'm going at? We, we, all we have to do is follow with what God says. We just need to listen to him, follow him, worship him for our joy. To be complete, okay. Let's move on. I have a I have a statement here because of all this extra stuff I didn't know, but it says this: Jesus is the news that we need to hear for our joy to be complete. I just said that, and and we could take off of what we talked about last week with hope, and we could say that our outward circumstances should not dictate the joy in our life. Maybe you could. Put that in your back pocket. So consider this. When you come to Jesus, you receive this inheritance. You, and here's the things that you inherit. You inherit eternal life. That means you'll never be separated from, from God. You inherit the freedom from the grip of sin. Now get that. When you say yes to Jesus, the grip of sin, the grip that sin has on you because we live in this world, no longer has that grip. You, you are adopted into God's family. You become a child of God. You are called God's child. Think about when, if we could fully grasp the weight of what is being said when we etern- inherit eternal life, when we, when we get freedom from the sins of this world, when we are adopted into God's family and called a child of God. That, the weight of that should override any circumstances that the world throws at us. That wants to steal our joy. And it should cause us to enter into joyful worship with God. But somehow we still lose hope, don't we? Sometimes we still lose joy, don't we? Here's here's what I recognize. On any given Sunday, in every church in this city, including our church, we could come into church and we could go through the motions of a worship service. And I, and I I get this feeling that sometimes we as Christians, have to check off our checklist that we went to church. And so we go to church a lot of times because it's just what we do as Christians. Instead of, we, instead of going because we want to, want to connect with followers of Jesus, we want to partner with our family, we want to worship God together. But, so we, we go through this, this service and we actually can walk out and never fully engage with the God we walked in here to worship. And let me just say, I do it. You guys do it. We've all been guilty of doing this at one point or another, of of not worshiping God when the opportunity as a church presents itself. So in the 1700s, there was this guy named Isaac Watts. Isaac Watts, if you've hung out in any church that sings hymns, you will know of Isaac Watts. Isaac Watts wrote something, I think it was something like 750 hymns that are sung worldwide even today. So, so my favorite, because I grew up in a small church that we sang out of hymns, was the first one was When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. Has anybody ever heard that song? So that, that's, that's one of Isaac Watts' songs. At Last and Did My Savior Bleed. It's one that I remember singing as a child. So, and, and then one of the songs that Isaac Watts wrote, we sang today. Anybody recognize the song that Isaac Watts wrote that we sang today? We sang Joy to the World today. How many of you don't recognize that we sang Joy to the World today? If you're willing to raise your hand, I'm just going to tell you, that was the song that we sang at 10 a.m. when the service started. (laughs) So if you're like, we didn't sing Joy to the World, it's because you came in at 10.05 or (laughs) 10.10. Caught. That's how we keep track of you. But we we sang this song, Joy to the World. Now, now... When we sang the song Joy to the World for those 20 that were in here at the time, how did you sing that song, Joy to the World? How did you sing it? Joy to the World, Lord has come. I'm, that's all I'm going to give you guys. But here's, here's what somebody wrote about Isaac Watts. It says, Watts grew up in a world where the music in every worship service consisted only of psalms or sections of scripture put to music. Watts found the practice monotonous. Maybe you, you might find worship monotonous. To him, there was a lack of joy and emotion among the congregants as they sung, sang. He once famously said, To see the dull indifference, the negligent and thoughtless air that sits upon the faces of the whole assembly while the psalm is upon their lips might even tempt a charitable observer to suspect the fervency of their inward religion. So we're not the only ones that just come in and go through the motions of having a service, aren't we? Since hundreds of years, this has been the situation. And what's, what's, what Watts wrote about was basically saying the psalm. The guy who wrote the psalm, this guy got in trouble with his wife because he was so exuberant about worshiping God that he danced, as a king, he danced in the streets and his robe came open. And they did not have underwear at the time. Because, and he didn't care. He didn't care because he was worshiping God with every part of his being. And Watts says, it's sad to see that we can look around a room and we're singing the same song. Psalm. It's on the tip of our lips. It's rolling off and we're just saying the words. There's nothing in it. There's no joy. There's no passion. There's no worship. We're just going through the motions. How many of us do that? We come into worship and we say, Oh Lord, you're my everything. God, you're the supplier of all my needs. How much money is in my bank account right now? I hope I can make it through tomorrow. How many of us do that? Aren't we guilty? This is a a message on joy, just so you guys know, okay? (laughs) So laugh it up a little bit. But we're not the only ones that do it. And Watts complained about it. And he said, "This this is not the kind of religion I want. This is not the church I want. This is not the worship I want. So Watts' dad issued him a challenge. And he told him that if he struggled with the songs they sang, then he ought to do something about it and pers- perhaps he should attempt in writing something different. And this was a moment that set Watts on a lifelong pursuit to write lyrics that exalted Christ and, re- and reminded Christians of their hope and their joy in the saving work of Jesus on the cross. And out of that came 750 song- hymns. Out of that came the song, Joy to the World. Now what Watts did is he started to scan the scriptures and he came upon Psalm 98. And Joy to the World is a song based on the scripture of Psalm 98. We need to do something about this. Here's what Psalm 98 says, verses 4. Shout to the Lord, all the earth, break out in praise and sing in joy. Sing for joy. Sing your praise to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and, melod- and melodious song, with trumpets, and the sound of the ram's horn. Make a joyful symphony before the Lord, the King. Let the sea and everything in it shout his praises. Let the, all the earth and all the living things join in. Let the river clap their hands in glee. Let the hills sing out their song of joy before the Lord. You know joy, the lyrics of Joy to the World? He wrote the lyrics. Somebody else put the music together. Was it Handel's? It was Handel's something or other that they used to put the music together. But the, he wrote this not for a Christmas, Christmas song. When you look at, the, at these, the verses of Joy to the World, he's writing it as, as an advent of the second coming. But I love that we sing it as a Christmas song because as people who believe in God's kingdom come now, we can look at the, the verses of Joy to the World and we can say, that, that's true right now in my life. God promises me that now in my life. So I, I, think, I think that Watts had some kingdom theology going on in his head when he wrote Joy to the World. And so here's what I want to do. I want to look at the... We're just about done, too, if you're bored already. But I want to look at the, the four verses of Joy to the World. I want to I I just pull apart some thoughts that Watts wrote about based on Psalms 98. And what what my hope for just looking at it is that, one, when we sing this song, when we hear this song over the next few weeks, that it brings to mind and and brings to your life joy of knowing that you are following under a big God, a God that has it all, a God that came to, to love you, to restore you to have relationship with you, and a God that allows you to give that to other people. So that, that's what I w- would like to look at. Here's what I don't want to happen. As we look at these, there's a lot of theology in, in these four verses. We, you may not even know it if, if you just have become accustomed since you were a kid of singing, joy to the world, the Lord has come. You, you don't even know it. You, and, and honestly, I've, I've sung that song so many times, it just becomes something we do. But there's a lot of theology. I want, to, I want to say block yourself from trying to get like tearing apart the theological nuances of it. Because that's not the purpose of, of what we're doing here today. The purpose is just to show that we need to be joyous worshipers of Jesus. So, so here's what happens. Here's what Watts did in, in looking at, at, um, this, at, at writing this verse after Psalms 98. Verses 1 and 2. Here's what he does. He deals with heaven and earth colliding. It's what we've been talking about over the past month or so. Says, joy to the world. The Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. I thought somebody was laughing at me right now. (laughs) Somebody was really holding it in like this guy. I'm glad it's just a baby. (laughs) Just a baby. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room and heaven and nature saying yada, yada, yada. Not going to do it, <laughs> but because Jesus came, there's joy to the world. Because the Lord has come, that's where the joy comes. That's what we celebrate this Christmas season. So that's simple to understand, right? The second line, the let earth receiver king. Think about the collision of two kingdoms that we've talked about. We have the kingdoms of this world and the kingdom of God colliding at this point. When Jesus came, there's this collision, and the rightful king is taking his place on the throne. God created this world. He's the rightful king. The next one, let every heart prepare him room. This is why I like singing this at Christmas time, because this is salvation. This is saying every heart has to create space and let God come in and take over. Now, if we only sang that after Jesus came, it might just be too late for some people, wouldn't it? But because we sing it now, we're saying, come on, everybody. Everybody. Here's your opportunity. You have to make space in your heart for the king to come and dwell within you. It's an exhortation for salvation. Verse 2, let the, the joy to the world, the savior reigns. So there's a kingdom again. Let men their songs employ while fields and floods, rocks, hills and plains repeat the sounding joy. Now, here's, here's what he's doing. Psalms 98.8 says, let the rivers clap their hands in glee. Let the hills sing out their songs of joy. He's saying all of creation is crying out and, and, and bringing honor and joyfully worshiping the creator. And so if that's what the Bible says, if that's what is written in Psalms, this is what's happening. This is where he gets this from. Let everybody, everybody, Sing for joy and worship this this King that's come. Now here's what happens in verse three. It shows Christ's victory over sin. No more let sin and sorrow grow, nor thorns infest the ground. You know where he gets that from? I think he gets that from Genesis chapter three. Look at this. It says, "And and God's and this is you know, and to the man he said, God speaking, since you listened to your wife and ate from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat." The ground is cursed because of you. All your life you will struggle to scratch a living from it. It will grow thorns and thistles for you. So Watts is taking this and he's saying, when the Christ came, when Jesus came, when his kingdom comes, the curse of sin no longer has dominion over this land, over creation, over our lives. Thanks for that amen, because that's an amen point, isn't it? When Jesus comes to our life, when the kingdom of God is is part of our life and we live in the kingdom of God, within the kingdom of God, under the kingdom of God, no more the curse of sin has dominion or control in your life. It's a promise that we have that Watts recognized, and he he penned it in this this verse. And then verse 4 shows his rule over all nations says, he rules the world, world, rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nation prove the glory of his righteousness and the wonders of his love. Psalms 98, here's what he, he got. It says, for he is coming to judge the earth. It's not there, Ashley. He will judge the world with justice and the nations with fairness. Psalms 98, 9. You can leave, go back to um, verse slide 16, Ash. He rules the world with truth and grace. Here's what I think when I read that. Satan rules the world with lies and condemnation. Have you ever noticed that? John 10.10 10 says the thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. Satan rules with lies and condemnation. Everything is whispered in your ear as a lie. There's condemnation for, for the sin in your life. Jesus came to rule with truth and grace. Do you see the difference there? That, that I believe Watts is pointing out. So beyond, beyond that. But he's also ruling. I'm looking at my thing. It says he makes the nations prove. Basically he's saying he's proving. We can test that. We can test what Jesus is doing. And say it is true. There's, there's truth beyond what he's doing. Okay. Let's land this ship. I wanted to start with this and I, I have it at the end. But here's what, here's what it says in Philippians verse 2. That the name of Jesus and every knee shall bow. Those in heaven and on the earth and those under the earth. And every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. And I just, I just put that in there kind of as a last minute thing. Because I recognize and, and I, I was recognizing this during worship that we were created to have relationship with God. When Christ comes again, that's what's going to be reestablished, is the relationship with God, the the worship, the fellowship, the walking with him, the love, the relationship, the intimacy with him. That's going to be reestablished when he comes again. We have an opportunity as Christ followers now, because of the work on the cross, because Jesus came, to enter into that now. So we we can worship and say, Jesus Christ is Lord. We could cry that out. We could share that with the world. We could bring joy to the world because of who Jesus is now. We're going to do it later. It's like, do you want to do it now? Or do you want to do it later? This is this is what, what I, why I put that in there. So, so we're created to have joyful worship of God. I want to read one last thing and then we're going to wrap this up. You guys can go ahead and stand with me. This is why I think Watts was a a a kingdom minded person. When I read this, it just I thought it was this excited me that he wrote this this one last song in the seventeen hundreds. He wrote this song called "Come, Holy Spirit, Heavenly Dove," and just one of the lines says this: "Look how we grovel here below, fond of these trifling toys." Think about that. Here is what. Here's, Look how, we, how we, we grasp and we're looking for toys to bring us excitement in our life. Our souls can neither fly nor go go to reach eternal joys. When I read this, I, I think and I say, Tom, is my joy based on my circumstances of life, what is happening right now, the stuff that I have? Right now, I mean, in our life or in our, as a family, we finally after a two-year deal, we finally have a house that we get to move into that's going to be like our permanent home. That's, that's a point of joy for us, right? I'm excited about it. Because it, like, it was over two years ago where we started on this path and just a bunch of crazy circumstances have kept pushing us out to where in about a month and a half, we're going to actually lay down our heads into a home that's, that's done. It's ours forever, hopefully. That should bring some joy. But, but that shouldn't be what carries me in life. The fact that, oh, man, we're going to finally have a, a house shouldn't dictate where I'm at right now with Jesus, we're not, where I'm at right now in my joy of my life. The joy should be coming from this inner knowledge of the God in me, inner knowledge of a God that loves me, inner knowledge of a God that has saved me, that provides for me. And so this Christmas season, here, here's, here's for the Advent that we can, we can carry. We can make a commitment in our life and take stock of our life and say, I want to be a joyful person. Now, there's a couple ways I could do it. I could go out and buy a whole bunch of stuff and bring a whole bunch of toys into my picture and and hope that and could try and control my circumstances and hope that nothing goes wrong and everything will be wonderful. Or we could do what God's told us to do and don't be afraid. Worship me. Follow me. Look to me. And we could say, God, whenever something's coming my way that wants to be a a stealer of my joy, I'm going to focus on you. God, whenever my day-to-day life is happening, I'm going to focus on you. We We can start to just do the basic things of worshiping the God who's created us to worship him. Could you maybe contemplate that? Could you take that home with you and say, I'm created, I'm here to joyfully worship God. And just see what would happen. What would happen... If over the next couple weeks, all of us said, we're going to do that. We're going to worship God. I'm going to wake up in the morning worshiping God. When life stinks, I'm going to worship God. When life's great, I'm going to worship God. What would, what would be the stories that would come out of this room of, hey, before, this is how I would have reacted. This is what, how I reacted because I was so focused on my father. People started to make comments to me. About, hey, what's changed in your life? What would be the stories that would happen? Because I want to know those stories. If you're a person that says, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to try this out, I'm going to test this. I want to know these stories so you could email them, you could come tell me, okay? So pray with me, and then here's what we're going to do we're going to go into time of worship, final song, and then ministry time. And we just, we, if you have shed stuff during worship today, if during the message something just God, God spoke to you in a way where you're like, I need to let that go. I need to get rid of that. We want to provide an opportunity for you to be able to just let that go and leave it here we 'll sweep it up and throw it away later. whatever you 're dealing with in life we want to we want to off, offer an opportunity for you to get prayed for for you to somebody to join with you in prayer and say hey let 's just ask God to intervene in your life in whatever situation you 're in and and we believe that god 's a healing God today. We believe God. Is alive and working in our lives today. We we just have to step up and say, God, this is what I, this is what I'd like you to do for me. This is what I need you to do. This is what I want to ask you to do. And we have people that are are trained and and are willing to pray with you and and ask God those things with you. So, at the end of the last song, you could come up and and there'll be people up here and just simply say, I just need somebody to pray with me. And, and you don't have to do a whole lot more after that. They'll ask the questions. They'll pray with you, and you could just see how how a god that loves you works in your life, okay? So father, we just uh God, we thank you that that during this season we have you to look forward look to for our joy, for our hope, for our peace. God as 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 we've worshiped you, as we've heard your word, as we fellowship together, would you just instill in our hearts this this desire to joyfully worship you this 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 belief system this knowledge that we we have you to worship and it's the greatest thing would you make adjustments in our life god would you call, call out the adjustments in our life we need to make god speak to us you you can speak to us and and tell us the adjustments we need to make maybe it's attitude lord maybe it's just it's just opinions maybe it's just it's circumstances that we need to shed would you call those out in each person's life right now, even as we pray, and, and cause us to be people that are drawing close to you, that are worshiping you. Lord, let the joy that's radiating from within us because we worship you be attractive to those in our, in our lives. God, I want, I want to be a person that people say, man, what's, you're, you're kind of a happy guy. What, what, what's that all about? And, and it gives me the opportunity to, to share about you. God, I feel like everybody in here says, "Yeah, I want, I want that as well. I want to be that kind of person." So, Lord, call us to what we need to do to to submit to you, so that that will that will take place. God, as a church, we are committed to loving you. We're committed to loving other people. God, we're committed to to sharing your good news with the world that needs to hear it, sharing joy that you bring only you can bring with the world that needs to hear it. So, Lord, would you bring those opportunities? And we will praise you, and you will get all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.